uh, just trying to work out which podcast topics we were on this week. Oh yeah, that's like as I said, it's like the same thing every week. What yeah, podcast it's, it's... topics do we do? <laughs> every single. Oh, we got so many. I got so many. It's just ridiculous. Right. You're much louder this uh, week. I like that. Okay, cool. I uh, I fiddled with my settings while I was waiting for you. Yeah, you're a little bit quiet. Okay, I cool. Last time. I'm talking quietly. Oh, oh, I was talking quietly then too. Um, he yeah, he was talking quietly. Now he's not. Now I'm talking quietly. No, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I, quiet isn't a word I'd associate with you. <laughs> I'm basically the quietest person in the whole world. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, before we get on to, like, real topics, can we get on to the topic of people trying to get you to join their Discord servers constantly? Yeah, so um, if you'd like to join my uh, Discord uh, server, <laughs> the link is down below. Um, I'm telling you, it's like I just want to talk to you, not get notifications from every Tom, Dick, and Harry that decides to post a cat picture on your, on your Discord server. Yeah, so it's a thing where people try and build their communities up and stuff, and everyone's got their own different approaches and so on and so forth. But like, you know, but seriously, join, join my Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Anyway, okay. I think there should be a rule of how many people you have following you before you're allowed to make a Discord server that's called a community. Hmm. Is this like yeah, how many cats is it? Well, that follower, that follower thing on its own is a topic of conversation. We had this off off um, off podcast not too long ago where we were discussing the difference between friends and fans. And uh, yes, Discord Discord isn't set up for that, is it? Really, it's not really set up for. It's not made it. You know. Yeah, I'd like to stream on Discord. Anyway, before we do all that, let's start the podcast, shall we? Okay. Okay. Start the podcast. Start the podcast. Every week, I swear, I'm just like do 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 do. <laughs> I I was just thinking about how under underwhelmed I was with our preamble this week. I feel like I let us down. I I just there was lacking in energy. I I think I think we need to go again. Let's go again. Cue the podcast. The podcast. No, we already did podcast. that. Bit. We can't do it twice. Oh. <laughs> okay. Damn. This is Missed this out. is live. Gonna have to work harder next live. week. Recorded live. Gonna have to work harder next week. Definitely. I need right. more energy. We'll put, more more we'll pizzazz. Put, we are on podcast eight, so we're coming up on podcast ten, and we have got some special special guest mm -hmm. uh, appearances planned. We as we have had the whole entire time, but this time we really mean it. So yep, yep. Fresh, fresh off TwitchCon. Hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be available soon. I did. Um, I did watch a particular person stream the other day, a guy named uh, Genuel Ishuaz or something. Um, oh, okay, okay, sounds hot. Sounds hot. He, he did all the streamer cliches. It was hilarious. I was loving it. You he know, is a oh, I got some cliche. I got some new stuff coming, and I've got. <laughs> I do, I do. I do. Yeah, I, I totally do. Actually, I was working on some this morning. 
I have a good uh, friend who's been doing some uh, helpful legwork. I, I think you you know you've it's, made it when you stop saying there's some new stuff coming and you start bringing out new stuff every stream. That's the I do that maybe. anyway. I do that. It's anyway. not for me. I, I'm not saying I did that. I'm just saying that that's the no. That's the so, ninja. It's your ninja turn way. to go first because I listened back to our podcasts and I did like twenty in a row. So it's your your question first, I believe. And anybody who is not good at maths will may believe you that. <laughs> eight, eight, eight episodes, but you've done 20 of them. That's fine. I've yeah. got a really good one. I've got a really controversial one. I wanted to bring this up. Um, okay. I don't know. I've got two. I've got two for my first one. And Who I don't know which one. one. Yeah, I don't know which one to go with because I think. This ain't the math uh, cast, is it? <laughs> no, this is. How many people are really good at maths? Not us. That's for damn sure. No, not us. Definitely. <laughs> So, all of this being beside the point, I think what's important is uh, that we're happy with the topics and everybody else can figure out whether they like it or not. Okay. Uh, but I think the, the, the one I'm going to go with this week is, uh, is Star Wars a good film? Hmm. That silence. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I, I know, I know this is going to be a very polarizing conversation. I guess. Um, no, I want to so, say I have uh, just before anybody answers anything, because yeah. my wife's probably. I have the Star Wars R two D two robot that watches Star Wars with you. I have a Mandalorian. Lego helmet, a Mandalorian custom-made 3D-printed helmet. I have the uh, Millennium the Falcon backpack. I have a lightsaber, genuine lightsaber from Disneyland lightsaber place. I have so what you're tons saying is you've got a lot of Star toys. Wars. I'm wearing, <laughs> I am currently wearing a Stormtrooper head T-shirt with Star Wars on my sleeve. And I will probably say that these movies could have been better. <laughs> but okay. let's let's go from there. So you go first. So you so you you're talking you're not talking Star Wars the original film. You're talking the whole franchise now, or are you talking yeah. or or yeah, okay? So Star Wars to me was groundbreaking. Obviously, it was like the first big screen, big budget thing that combined like little figures with like live action and you know, it was it was quite the spectacle. But I always remember it being long. Like I associate the Star Wars film with being a long amount of time. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a compliment to a film. Um, let's see what the runtime is. So the runtime is two hours and one minutes for the first Star Wars film. So to call a two-hour film long, it, it, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, you know. But I think the reason that I associate it with with long like longevity is because it's not afraid to pause and do those slow ships coming into focus scenes. You know, the dr dramatic. This is looming essence of this thing is coming now in this adhd generation if you bought out a film like that you know okay they've got lightsabers and pew pew pews and and there is like you know that that aspect of 
five minutes of the film that they'll remember, but the entire film, the length of it, I think possibly wouldn't take off as popular when you look at like, you know, how how fast Avengers is as a film, you know, that sort of new pacey everything's gotta happen right now in your face constantly versus the let's take a breath and really, you know, look at this ominous thing that's coming towards us. I think Star Wars must be good enough to be a great film because the amount of parodies that have been done of it, and it's normally focused on the first movie too. So Spaceballs, for example, which was a very popular parody take, uh, Rick Moranis, of the original Star Wars film. It did it in such a way that actually, like, not one point in that comedy did it feel like they were trying to parody anything else or did they slip out of that universe it was purely even when they did the crossover with the aliens scene in the comedy it still felt like it was in like the the star wars universe so as a launching film that sort of built a huge empire of films tv shows cartoons action figures merchandising merchandising you know there was it it, it definitely did yogurt. the right thing i hate at the time. yogurt exactly <laughs> rotten tomato 93 percent. metacritic 90 percent. imdb 8.6 out of 10 i've always had an issue with these ratings, because I think these ratings marry up to your question right now in the fact of time has passed. So when you go on to IMD and you, you give it a high rating, at the time, that is a high rating. But 10 years down the line, is that rating still that same rating, or do you need to go back and review your rating in comparison to things that you've experienced since? So I want to say, number one, Star Wars... Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were very good. Jedi. Um, the acting in them, you know, it's not exactly some of the best <laughs> acting I've ever Oscar seen winning. in my life. But uh-huh. I definitely would say that it was sufficient to tell the story and, and the cinematography for its time was amazing. I love the way uh, yes. that they made those movies and the way that they did the – And if you've ever seen the originals, and a lot of people born past the 2000s and such wouldn't have seen the original Star Wars uh, movies. And and they did a lot of work. Let me tell you, Mm -hmm. they did Mm -hmm. a lot of work. The original films in Star Wars, there wasn't a lot. There was no CGI, put it that way, zero CGI. Mm -hmm. It was all puppets and little models. And the things that they did with those puppets and models at the time was amazing. And when they digitally remastered it, there was all these new scenes they added in and new things that they did. Yeah, Han Solo Jab- stepping on Jabba's tail. I remember yeah. that was added in. And, yeah. and it's so dodgy the way they did it, but I love it still anyway. Yep. Um, but I don't think, like, I think of a great film as one that with the acting is really good and the story is really good and everything is really good. Uh, like Braveheart, okay. for instance, is is a film like that, or uh, okay. Die Hard. And, like, not, <laughs> okay, not not Die Hard, <laughs> maybe Die Hard Two. Uh, <laughs> okay, Die Hard Three, Die Hard Three, <laughs> it got better. Okay, Die Hard Four, we forget. We don't we don't remember Die Hard Four or Five. Die Harder. <laughs> die, die Die Again with a Vengeance. Die, die Twice and then Come Back to Life. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, pass the franchise yeah. onto your son to ruin it, die hard, and then come back and do it again. Yep, yep. Uh, and and we will we'll always remember Bruce Willis in his original days, not in his current state, because you know it's sad what's happening to the man. Um, but Star Wars was definitely they were good film. They were the original three, okay. very very good. But, Wizards in but, space. But there was these three other films made short. Well, not shortly after, but a long time after, with all the CGI and everything, right? Now, number okay. one, I didn't mind. Jar Jar Binks and everything, I didn't mind. I thought it was good. Um, and they went best, and they the did best the Sith Lord of them all, Jar Jar Binks. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely the Sith Lord, right? Um, yep. And then they did two and three, and and I just <laughs> they just. I mean, I'm sorry, George, but. Yeah. Uh, They're just no good. Hey, did I ever tell you I actually met <laughs> no George good. Lucas? Have I have I told um, you that before? I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I don't. I met him in Disneyland. To... He was opening. Yeah. Uh, he was opening a Star Wars ride, and he was just stood outside an AT. Oh, the the, the Vomitron the 2000. Yeah, was that the one? I just so yeah. happened to be there at the right time, and he was just there. So that was a that was a surreal experience. Anyway, well, see, moving. Um, yeah, two, two, and three. I just, I can't watch. I can't. <laughs> just so bad. Anakin Skywalker. My God. Is it the same actor as uh, the original film? Is it the young kid, or is it uh, a new actor? What Hayden what? Christians, whatever thingy. Yeah. Uh, Anakin. Who's played Anakin? There we go. Let's find out. Because they had the kid, right? So the Anakin as a kid was Jake Lloyd, also known as Jake Broadbent. Fair enough. And so, and the obviously the. And he looks exactly the same today as he did in the film, except he has a really like uh, wispy uh, French looking goatee. There you go. He, he so, still looks. He still looks twelve or whatever it was when he was munted. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't the same actor. So he was not bad for a little kid. Oh, he's actually had a really bad. Oh, he's had a he's had a bad life. He was in Jingle All the Way. Do you remember Jingle yeah. All the Way with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? He was the kid in that as well. Same kid, um, but. He yeah he's had a he's had a really bad uh, mental health breakdown since he since he did uh, Star Wars. It's a shame. Oh, that's no good. Same happened no. with uh, with what's his name as well, didn't it, Luke? What uh, whatever his name was, Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Oh well, yeah. I'm dying of the sneezing over here, by the way. Don't do it. Don't sneeze. I might have to cut some of these out. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, so Mark Hamill (laughs) was, uh, he had a breakdown as well, I believe. Yeah. It it was very tricky. Even the guy who played Darth Vader um, had had some issues because uh, he was never recognized as Darth Vader because he wasn't the voice. Of Darth Good old Vader. David Prowse. He was a Welshman, he was just, didn't you know? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Star Wars is, is 
famed for not paying their actors very much as well. Considering the financial success of the film, they have not capitalised on the returns that that film has because they were they were only paid very small amounts of money to do their part. So there you go. Especially somebody like the guy who played the suit of Darth Vader. <laughs> and Sir Wilding. Who's that? Here we go. Or Wilding. That's the guy who played the suit of Darth Vader. Yeah, poor guy. Anyway, so the point is, is that those two movies are crap. But I like Solo. I like all the new stuff. I love so Solo. So I still still haven't seen Solo. Solo is the one I've put off. The the only only thing I haven't watched, and also I haven't watched the new Andor, and I never finished um, the Boba Fett TV series because, well, watch He's it. He's a whinging you'll baby. Not, you'll, you'll not want to watch the end of it either. Um, Bob, so, Boba Fett is a whinging baby. He was never any good. He died like in one of his first fights. Yeah, <laughs> in the movies. This is the way. This is the way. Apparently. Um, it was so just a little winter. Star Wars for me was of its time and pacing because the old seventies, eighties sci-fi movies, which I still dip into. I watched the Star Trek original motion picture the other day. They are very much whenever you get a space scene, you get a slow, slow scene. You get a you get a ominous rumble of the bass speaker. You get like you know, you, you it, it it's a lot of scene setting and and building up of the next scene the newest star wars films were a lot more quicker paced they felt too bright to me and i wasn't necessarily not a fan of the third film because i liked the fight scenes and stuff in it um i still think two had a really great fight scene in it as well but a fight a great fight scene a great movie does not make um yeah in fact um i can tell you that there was a, a recent um all lady uh film called uh gunpowder milkshake i think it was called um and it was uh extremely good choreography uh good fight scenes but and started off really good with a really good noir feel which was really new and unique and then it just totally walked away from it, it was karen gillian's film why did um, they ruin all of this so I've seen I don't know. A few See, of these that film was beautiful at the beginning, like proper modern noir, neo noir, very unique looking, very unique feel, great pacing, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, tries to be John Wick, and it's like, yeah, just start That's... off as John Wick if you want to be John Wick. Don't, but don't, John Wick, don't switch John... it up. You know, things John Wick had going for it. Number one, he was rough tumbled, ready to give up on life. Stuff was just yeah, yeah. bad. His dog dies. Yeah, you know, some dog. punk. And he goes he goes around and he decides he's just going to go falling down style. And the storyline's pretty pretty good in John Wick. And if you haven't watched John Wick 1, 2, and 3, the clip, like the way that it's sitting right now waiting on 4 is just, it's just a powerful it's a powerful story, and and Keanu Reeves is doing a very good job of portraying this person who is just going to tear the world down. Right, it is it's a very very good setup and and such. But the female equivalent of these shows, like I, I liken it to like Charlie's Angels in a way. Okay. 
they, they, they're doing too much dancing and not enough actually kicking people in the face. Um, okay. okay. The, look, that's the, the style of fighting that they seem to go with instead of, you know, kicking so, people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a martial artist, there's certain martial arts styles that work. And traditionally, in your Star Treks and your Star Wars and stuff, they, they, the choreography that was done for those styles tends to be um, the other person sells the hit for you in a wrestling style choreography. I'm trying to simplify this. And then in the John Wick style, it's a lot more about the realism of your moving that other person's body martial arts style. So you're looking at your uh, Muay and your Silat and your judo and your jiu-jitsu in the more modern and, styles and the bullet the in the face stage. and the knife in the chest and yeah all <laughs> well that's all that's all you know trade effects etc but the old style is a lot about more theatrical you have to sell that connection and the cameraman has to do the best job they can to make it look like that punch or that kick actually made contact now the great thing about star wars was that they didn't have the fisticuffs and the up close personal punching and kicking they had the distance the range they used the guns and they used sticks they used lightsabers so the the fighting style was very easy to to adapt to toys and merchandising but also it made the very limited fighting scenes that they had be allowed to be a lot more acrobatic with minimal injuries to the other side Whereas the John Wick style and the more modern, the style of choreography, the the Eastern style of choreography is a lot more my preferred method. However, I don't think I've ever complained about a Star Wars fight. Like I've choreography wise, like I've never, I've always been engaged and actually in the Mandalorian, Bruce Lee's goddaughter is uh, actually in uh, one of the episodes um, and she fights uh, a Jedi and that entire uh, fight and scene, I think it was Rosanna Dawson um, versus her and it was just really well packaged and done. I mean, the, the man, I would have liked to have seen that on big screen. I would have liked to have seen that, but... The whole Star Wars thing, it isn't just about the fighting. It's about the story. It's about the journey. And I really, really, really enjoyed the last three films. Okay, I can rip them apart and I can tell you what I don't like about them. There's a lot of things that are just preposterous and stupid. And there's certain twists I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen the clone stormtrooper turn out to be a Jedi, etc., etc., etc. But the actual delivery and the Mark Hamill redemption in that final film was just Yes, I love that. Everything about that ticked all my boxes. I thought, this is great. This is what I wanted to see. I want I want to see this level of grandeur and, and scope where the film feels big again because a lot of films have suffered from trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then they've got nowhere to go because they've got kind of... Whereas that film really did a good job of bringing us back to this humble man who's like a Yoda-esque figure on a little rock to then him fighting like everybody. <laughs> that was I, so cool. I really I really liked the final three movies mm. with Ray mm. and all yeah. the guys and, and it just that really was my jam as well. And I thought the acting was good and the stuff that was happening in the storyline and everything just sort of married up and there was nothing I didn't like about it at all. Um, and there are plenty of people that like to talk things and say stuff and do whatever. And, and some people, you know, whatever, that's fine. 
But for me, those movies were very, very well made, very, very clever, very, very good. And the fact that the Emperor comes back as a clone, well, it makes perfect sense. He was so interested in cloning when he started. Why wouldn't he clone himself? You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's just something that was going to – it's sort of like Voldemort, um, which doesn't help the theory that Harry Potter is just a new version of – Star Trek. Please, let's not talk about Harry <laughs> Potter. Please, please, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm going to bring up a question about Harry Potter one day just to piss you off. Um, <laughs> not about Sorry. that. Ugh, anyway, Karen. I know. Star Wars is, is a good film. Some of it's shit. Some of it's great. And there's a lot of stuff in there. And some of them needed to go back to the drawing board. And some of the stuff... That other people, anyway, it's something that everybody can find something in, I'm sure. In one of those movies somewhere, there's something that somebody likes. Well, it reminds me of when I was younger and every taxi driver in the universe knew how to manage their favourite football team better than the managers of that football team. It's the same sort of thing where everyone can write better science fiction, but then they're not the ones being paid the millions of pounds to... To, to, to do that science fiction or science fantasy or whatever. Like, you know, if if you are able to come up with a greater story or a better story or a better adaptation or whatever, get it written down. Get it get it get it down. Get it get it, you know, make it, make it happen. You know, create something better than what you're experiencing. That's that's my outtake. That's what I'm thinking. I like do to it. think that the graphic novel that I'm writing is unique and not plagiarized off other things that I fell asleep watching when I was younger. <coughs> Harry Potter. <coughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of creating new things and uh, and all that sort of artistry of all, all kinds of stuff, uh, here's a word from our sponsor. 28% of people listen to the radio. 72% listen to podcasts. 33% of all statistics are made up. That's why at marshallpromusic.com, we don't use statistics. We use our ears. MarshallProMusic.com, your one-stop shop for podcast editing, mixing, mastering, and all things podcast. MarshallProMusic.com. That was smooth, right? Slick. Slicker than <laughs> slick. All right, it's your turn to come up with a – because I looked back through all the podcasts and I've seen that you've come up with like 14 different times where you've done it first. So it's now your turn. 14 out of the 20 of the eight. Yeah. Math. Of the eight, that's right. Quick yep. math. Um, okay, so what fictional place would you most like to go to? Ooh. Ooh, I really like this one. <laughs> Is this, this isn't even one of our topics. This is a new one. I'm, I'm nothing prepared for this, but I do feel great about it. Um, oh, geez. So I'm going to have to have a couple. I'm not going to be able to do one, but let's start okay. off with, with one and then see how we go. I reckon fictional place I'd love to go to, um, restaurant at the end of the universe. Cool. Would, be, would be one. Uh, if you don't cool. know what that is, people out there in the world of, of not knowing, uh, there is a TV, radio, book series called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And if you've 
seen the original or heard the original or read the original, there is a restaurant in it called The Restaurant at the End of the Universe in which you travel forward in time, uh, have the most expensive meal of your life, and then when the universe ends and blows up, you are teleported back in time to your original time zone. Uh, the way you pay for this restaurant is you put a dollar or something in a bank account, which over compound imp- interest pays for the enormous cost of your meal when you get there. It's sort of sitting in a sort of time bubble. It's very, very cool. You get to watch the universe explode and one of the saviors of the universe rocks up. <laughs> right at the last, it was like Jesus's second coming or something. It wasn't Jesus, but somebody like that. I think that would be so a cool place to go. Thanks for all the fish. That's a pretty cool idea. I like that one. Um, but I think if we were talking for a long, like, because that's just a restaurant. That's like a night out. Really, just pop it in for a, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Go, go but if I coffee, was going to go somewhere to live, I think I would really like to go to the Discworld, which is um, actually, well, mm-hmm. so I would actually like to go and live on a Dyson Sphere. Um which is not necessarily okay. a very specific fictional world, but they do exist in a number of different fictional situations. Um, if for those of you who don't know what a Dyson Sphere is, it is an uh, inside-out planet basically wrapped around a sun at the distance that a planet would be from a sun in a giant sphere. Uh, they are so big that the amount of land... Uh, available is is exp- so exponential to what's available on one small planet that you never run out of room, basically. There's just so much. Uh, these are what UFOs call megastructures out there in space. And the biggest some people can come up with is like a ring. You've seen Halo or you've seen things like that. That's a ring that goes around a, a sun, uh, whereas a Dyson sphere is an entire, think about a tennis ball the size of, you know, the orbit around the sun um, in all of the three-dimensional 360 degrees you can muster, and that's how, how big this thing is. And living on one of those, you would be able to explore the the ground for your entire life. You'd never be able to explore the entire thing. It, it's just It's just enormous. And you could have any amount of land that you could ever want and have limitless power because the solar power, can you imagine, you just see the sun 100% of the time. There's nothing in the way of the sun ever. Uh, mm. it's, it's just sun. And it, the power mm. that you can draw from that sun, you basically have limitless power all the time. I just think that would be really fun. Uh, the, the things you could do with that power and the things that you could achieve in your life living on such a mega structure would be very very cool how about you well i always wanted to go to like uh the star trek enterprise you know i always fancied oh, yeah. getting myself on on the enterprise you know hanging out with the enterprise crew you know going on missions using their holodecks you, you know making food and drink that i could eat that'll taste lovely and not impact my diabetes you know that sort of thing that'd be great maybe even have my diabetes cured in the uh, in the med bay that'd be kind of nice you know that sort of thing and the holodeck um, that'd be kind of cool. holodeck as yeah. well right yeah well with the holodeck you can visit jurassic park safely can't you you that's know it? that's just quite a useful useful spin off there where you can go into one place and you can go to many um, i can see one downside with that they do like on, listening man. to a lot of poetry. 
I like poetry though. I'm a big poet yeah. fan. I write that's... I write poetry. I have poetry available on my SoundCloud. Not a plug. Uh, um, that's um, fine. Yeah. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah, just off you. It's fine. Stuff you. I'd rather like listen to a song <laughs> or something. A bard. What about a bard? That's like a poetry with so- with music, isn't it? So, so I mean, sort of I thing. write I write songs for my daughter all the time. They normally start with He bravely ran away. How about the land of Oz? Would that have ever been on your radar? Oh, I don't think I want to go there. See, now this is a great, great response because I grew up watching The Wizard of Oz and the sequel, which is terrifying and great at the same time, uh, yeah, right. Return to Oz. And um, neither time did that want me to go there, nor did um, The Neverending Story. I never wanted to go into that world. But have you ever heard of a film by, that starred Brendan Fraser called Inkheart? Yes. I absolutely loved that film. I think it's one of the most underrated movies of all time. It's got like a 6 out of 10 rating on IMDb. It's It's got like a poor rating. It's a fantastic, fantastic, like complete fantasy-based in real life film. It's just, it's really good. That is a a film that I could watch a series of redone or continued on from quite comfortably. Labyrinth? What about Labyrinth? Did Labyrinth's little fantasy world ever want to draw you in? I, I, again, did, these did are, have David the, Bowie? Yeah, the the idea of living in these places is kind of where you don't want to be there because it's a bad place. I think it's a tourist want, destination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're in a bubble and nothing can get you, but my goodness, it wasn't yeah. a nice place, was it? Um, I, I I would think like if there was somewhere where I wanted to go, it would be more like uh the good places in movies like Elysium or or uh Narnia when everybody's you know when the lions come back and the winter's gone. Oh and, I'm with you. Like yeah. Gotham City, right? No, no, not like Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> why Narnia would anybody live there? Why See, I've always had this issue. Gotham? Like why why I know like there's probably a poverty thing and people can only afford to live at Gotham, but I gotta be honest with you, like there's no landlords. They've all been killed. So <laughs> they're all dead. It's, 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 they didn't pay their rent to their protection. They're all dead. Like they, there are no landlords. It's just, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting place, Gotham City, to think about it. And I got to be honest with you, for all the good that Batman's done, he, he's still having to do his job, isn't he? <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, you know, the, the 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 local politicians haven't succeeded enough in getting enough police officers. So that's because he won't uh, kill anybody, and he keeps letting them yeah. out. Yeah, it's like you've been a naughty boy. I'll put you in prison yeah. for five minutes, and then I need to make another movie, and you can get out again. Um, I always liked like dragons and and things like that, but again, I think the living there, you know, would would you like to go there as a tourist? Yes, you would. Like you know, Lord of the Rings, and um, I don't know about Game of Thrones because it's a little bit too incestuous as a a world, but you know. Um, they're always great grand like creatures, uh, even the Sandman, anything Neil Gaiman's written, you know, that sort of stuff is always quite an interesting uh, world. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Created, I know where I want to go. Know. I, I know where, where I want to go. go. I want to go to the um, Tomorrowland from the movie. Ah, with George okay. Clooney. George Clooney, after, yeah. after they don't blow it up, after that bit. You know, with the jetpacks and stuff. 
That's a great place. Oh, I, I, I did, yeah, I did enjoy that. And I, um, wasn't Tomorrowland actually a thing in Disneyland as well? Wasn't that a... So it was, it was, was Tomorrowland it? before it was a movie, because Tomorrowland was yeah, yeah, like yeah. the future world in Disneyland. Um, yeah. And it is where Space Mountain is, Star Wars ride, mm-hmm. uh, the, the cars, drive yourself cars, the Finding Nemo submarine, all that's in Tomorrowland. Um, Pizza Planet as well, if you like restaurants you can buy your lightsabers in Tomorrowland. you can become a jedi and fight darth vader my both of my kids did that when we went it was very cool um but yes tomorrowland was a great movie i thought and i always want it's like you i think and maybe this is what you mean by your question i'd like them to keep going i don't want the movie to stop i want to i want the dreams and the the universe to continue and although i can think about it um I want to I want to do it living something is you're able to do it without having to think of it. Whereas dreaming about something you have to think of it first and it always goes a bit wrong. You never get uh what, about, what would you do if you were dropped into Willy Wonka land, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Factory? Bit of roll dal. I'd definitely pick on Augustus Gloop a fair amount. <laughs> I'm just not that but if you I'm could just, just it, you're not chocolate orientated, do you? you? You wouldn't eat the entire world. Get away, get away from the chocolate tubby. I'd be telling him. I'd sing, I'd be wow. up with the Oompa Loompas. Wow. Augustus. Yeah, exactly. Augustus. What about Xavier's Stupid. Academy for the X Men? Uh, I mean, if I was an X Men, I would see that as a nice place to stay. Yeah, it would if be I a really was... crap place if you were just a human, wouldn't it? It'd just, just be like, me. If everyone else can do something and I'm just. I'm I'm a nothing. I can't do anything. I just just watching people. You know, don't want to speak, but then I don't want to think either because people can hear what I'm thinking. Hey, you yeah, like not, the that's not a nice experience. That's not a nice. Exp- <laughs> oh my god! There should totally be a sketch of the janitor at Xavier's School of the Gifted. That would be that would be so funny. I'd imagine that being hysterical. <laughs> There's the old classic Neverland. Now, actually, oh yeah. That's not a bad one for me. I I I like the uh, the grown up um, hook movie, uh, and that. Do you know what? I've always had a do you know what Neverland is? Um, it's the second star to the right until morning. It's purgatory for little kids. It is. It's quite sad, isn't it? Mm. And it's I also wrote, wrote, what happens in Hook if you watch it properly. Yeah, um, I, I wrote um, a little poetry uh, and did a little analysis on there, and it's kind of like um, my take on it was that Captain Hook was actually like a drug dealer, Tinkerbell was a prostitute, Peter Pan had got hooked on fairy dust, and then he was selling it to the other kids, you know, and it was just like, yeah, took a dark turn, I mean, so I stopped thinking that, about that. That's pretty, that's pretty hard. <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. But, yes, no, it's, it, the original book, uh, like all these things, is all about, uh, how how children can deal with death. And I, I did want to talk about our lack of preparing our children to deal with these harder issues in life because death, yeah. although it isn't certain, as we've spoken about before, it definitely happens a hell of a lot. Um, mm. And it happens to people that you know and care about. It happens to your friends and your, your, your mother and father, and sometimes it happens to your brothers and sisters. And, and passing uh, your life moving away from you and other people not being there anymore is something that we have to deal with. Um, And these books and these stories were created to help 
children deal with those things. And because we've toned them down and we've turned them into softer stories and softer places for for kids mm. to fall, the the death seems to hit a little bit harder these days. The the loss seems to hit a little bit harder than and than it used to when we used to prepare children for such things and well this this topic can can go on for quite a while because we can get into how religion prepares children with heaven and that perspective and so on and so forth and i mean we could we could probably talk about this topic for a long time um and we could but that's how we get off topic that's how this works so yeah yeah let's go on to the next one eh? (laughs) we might bring that up again i think at the end of the day it is important to note that uh, what the topics are on our show are not really important. It's more about having a conversation and starting conversations with each other. And if you find something yeah. controversial, sad, or or even happy on our show and you think that you would like to have a conversation about that and you would like to talk to somebody about that, we encourage you to do so. We also encourage you to have your mm-hmm. own opinions and to make sure well, that's the other that thing. you are comfortable We're inspiring. with what you're thinking. We, well, that's we the other might thing. Be. We're inspiring you to think about what you would answer and what your thoughts are, and and whether some whether you disagree or agree with us. If you're thinking and you're like, "Oh, I'd like to live in Springfield or South Park, for example," or you know, at, at least that stimulated a response from you guys, which is totally what I'm about. I'm totally about. And please let us know. Please reach out to us and let us know if if there's a if if we spark off any kind of inspirational thoughts or if you have a viewpoint or anything, just just hit us up. Yeah, we'd love to hear about it, and 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 that's what this is all about. This is the the reason for creating this podcast in the first place was actually around inspiring conversation of an intelligent type and an intelligent debate of issues that uh, are sometimes one of the intelligent people getting here. Uh, next uh, week after next. <laughs> Week after next, okay. <laughs> Quick maths. Um, but it is. It's all about striking up a conversation yeah. between you and your friends and people that you know or people that you don't know. Stand on the soapbox on the side of the road and scream out your opinions. Maybe somebody will listen. Or maybe they won't. Maybe you'll get arrested. I don't know. Yeah. It's your life. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> all right. So next topic, eh? We've got some more. We've got some more. So got many. Some more. Um, Hundreds. What is a good one for this week, though? I think we did talk about uh, last week, and this is a this is a vox pop. We'll just do this one super quick, and then we'll do a proper topic. But how many cats is uh, is too many? How many cats makes you a cat lady or a cat man? And then and then uh, I mean I think it's one because <laughs> I don't like cats. Um, so I, I grew up as a dog person. I was always a dog person, border collies, sheep dogs, always had them in my family, always a dog person. I never liked cats and I've had some cats with previous partners in the past and I have a, I have cats now. And the first, the first cat of the two cats that I currently have is named Glitch because I stupidly turned around in front of my daughter and said, if we get a cat today, we can have it. If we don't, then we're not getting a cat. And it was a glitch in the matrix, and that's how the cat got the name. Um, and Glitch is a lovely cat, actually. Um, a very unique cat, but um, it's very affectionate. She can be very annoying on times, but then I suppose so can anyone if they're 
nudging for your attention constantly. Um, and then the second cat we got was um, during COVID to keep glitch company uh, called Willow, um, named after Willow from Buffy. Uh, pure little black cat, beautiful cat, actually is a dog. Actually is a dog. Like legit, plays fetch, uh, actually thinks it's a dog. It's, it's great. It is a cat dog. It's amazing. It's great. Um, and then Willow is the, had is two the kittens. Cat the butt, or is the dog the butt? Uh, they're both heads in the in cat dog itself. I always wondered how they went to toilet, but anyway, yeah, where's the poop um, coming out? Out their mouths, obviously. Um, so the Willow had kittens, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, they've recently gone to new home. So at one point, I had four cats. I had a moody oldest cat because there was kittens and she was like, I want to be left alone in a dramatic auntie style. Um, and she was, she was just moody. Um, we had the mum doing the mum job and then we had two little kittens running around at my feet constantly. And I have a note here I didn't, that says... I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I, I was okay with having four. But those two kittens were male, and male cats and female cats are very different. Female cats are loving and tend to want to stay home. Male cats tend to pee on everything and travel many miles, and sometimes you can lose them. As I did with one of my old cats, someone adopted it because it went to their house for steak all the time. I can't think why, but anyway, <laughs> what's this note? Um, it says it's more than three. So if you have more than it's three more cats... Than three. You're a crazy right. cat person. That's you. Okay, I'm a, I'm a two cat. No, I'm a two cat person now. I'm a two cat person. Ah, uh, come went, back. Went to live with them. Come back. I, I, yeah. Right, right. So, cats are very self-sufficient. Mind they're they're easier for when you go on holiday than dogs. Um, because dogs, you've got to find someone to walk them. You've got to find someone to like, you know, give them the attention. Cats, they just need food on a timer and someone to clean out their litter tray if they don't go outside. So they are a lot less hassle. So it, to answer your question, which is how many cats is too many? Um, and it's one, by the way. Uh, it's one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that question, really. I was never a cat person until, until these two cats that I've got. And I can't really imagine not having these two cats around, to be honest. Um, I did have a dog for a long time. My dog's gone to my uncle's farm. Uh, he likes there's cats, more room yeah. there. I'm very allergic well, to cats, yeah. which is why I don't like them. I, oh, well, that's the other thing. I am highly yeah. allergic to them, <laughs> especially yeah. kittens. Kitten fur. But, you know. I find that way. Yeah. It gets me really – like, I turn into a zombie if I touch too many cats, and I've got pictures to prove it. We'll show that, that on the Patreon. Um, mm. All right. Well, that wasn't the real topic. That was just a topic just for fun. Uh, cats. Cat, <laughs> some people love cats. Some people love dogs. Um, I find that if you don't like dogs, I don't like you. So there you go. You're going on my list. Just so you know. Yay. <laughs> oh, no. No. As in, yay, I'm on the good list, not the bad list. You're I on like the good dogs. list. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, oh, I, saw into Santa Claus. I saw a post on the, um, on the internet the other day of a dog who jumped up and scared the postman. And he was just saying hello. He wasn't barking. And he was just like, hello, postman. Oh. And the postman sort of falls backwards because he got scared a little bit. And this post on the internet says, well, how come some people just don't realize that some people aren't dog people? And I'm like, because we all think that if you're not a dog person, we don't want you around. <laughs> you can't trust you. 
like beards, dogs, dogs can be very scary though i mean if you've been if you've oh, been attacked by a dog you know you, you you can have ptsd and fear fear of it but then i suppose you can have the same with cats i mean i, I wasn't a fan of cats scramming and biting me i mean cats bite you to tell you that they love you it is really is that, strange that's a strange that psychology that to tiger me. bit your arm off well, yeah, maybe more of a mountain lion, I think. But yeah, but it is it is a weird thing to get your head around that actually their affection is is in that manner, whereas dogs tend to wag their tail and look at you goofy. But like I've been bitten by dogs several times, even my own dog. Um, and it's just like I can understand how how people become not dog like because of that experience. But if you've not if you've not gone through a traumatic experience and you also haven't grown up around dogs, it's okay to be wary of dogs and to respect the fact that they are effectively wild animals that are tamed and living with us and that you should be conscious that even the nicest of dogs can turn nasty. But at the same time, that's on you to understand them, not for them to try and understand you because they will go off your vibe. If you approach an animal scared nervous intrepid the dog or the animal will perceive that as a potential threat or a potential misunderstanding because they're not used to that body language and that way of doing things there are sensible ways to approach cats and there's sensible ways to approach dogs to approach a dog sensibly is to reach out with your back of your hand and let them smell the back of your hand and let them get used to your scent with cats it's a finger you let them sniff your finger it's a bit funny because that's what I used to do in high school. Um, <laughs> snip my finger. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, and the cat, if the cat or the dog pulls away, that's, that's clear signs that they don't want you to carry on. <laughs> yeah, They're not it's... interested, you know. Or if they present themselves aggressively when you're doing it, don't do it. Just pull yourself back and create distance. And obviously that dog. But the best thing to do is speak to the owner because the owner should understand the animal. That's it. And I think, like overall pets, uh, there are differences between everybody. And that leads me to the real point um, of today's. And uh, and it really comes down to what we were talking about before. People's need to be liked. And I think that what we'll find uh, throughout our social interactions that we all have is that people really, really think that everybody has to like them. And it's very, very unhealthy, I think. Uh, people's need to be liked by every single person. If they, if one person doesn't like them, then they'll focus even harder on getting that person to like them. Because if that person doesn't like them, then there's something wrong with that person or there's something wrong with them or something is amiss in the universe. And effectively, it all comes down to personal preference from each person in, in the world. And it's just like this. When we talk about being a dog person or a cat person or whether we talk about whether our opinions are rubbing you up the wrong way, um, it's okay. I don't mind if I piss you off. I don't mind if I make somebody upset uh, through my normal everyday actions that I think are okay. Now, if I'm doing something I don't think is okay on purpose or otherwise and I'm doing that and I'm hurting other people, then I don't think that that's a good thing. But if I'm doing something that I think is okay, like, I don't know, uh, going outside and... Uh, watering my lawn with my tank water or what have you, and somebody gets very upset with me about what I'm doing, um, I don't have to worry about that. That's a, not a very good example. 
But if I say so something if, like, if you're not a dog person, then I don't like you, uh, that's okay. Okay. So how are you framing this as a question? How is this? How, what, what's well, the... It's not, it's not a question today, is it? It's more of a topic. It's more, as a, more of a topic. Okay. So yeah. in, interestingly enough, um, you know, I, I read something that resonated with me earlier today uh, on a very similar, um, similar vibe, I guess, to this um, about um, basically uh, disassociation um, when you're when you're raised in stressful, chaotic, unpredictable, or emotionally neglect- neglectful houses. Um, without going into too much depth about my personal history on this, because we'll be here far too long. Um, you know, if you're not getting the emotional attention and you're getting sidelined or you're getting um, people focusing, I think the stereotypical thing is like, you know, dad goes away to uh, to the army or work or whatever, is never home and then mum's busy drinking. And then so therefore child raises themselves kind of kind of scenario i mean there's many many different versions of of the similar tale but um it is interesting that the the void that's i mean i'm talking about my personal experience my dad not my dad and mum in in that particular environment that i just mentioned but um i i had that as a child um i had this uh emotional neglectfulness where i was basically the reason i know so much about cartoons is because cartoons raised me as a child <laughs> the reason that i know so, like all the theme tunes all the characters all the cartoons from the 80s 90s onwards is is literally because uh that was my my safe space and luckily um in my uh later teens my uh cousin basically took me under under the wing and presented me with a a father figure um, and, and gave me good life skills, uh, taught me that um, you can uh, trust and respect someone until they break the trust, and then you don't have to trust them, but you can still respect them. And other such, other such life story, uh, life-changing bits of advice from experience that I wasn't getting from my parental figures at that time. Now, my, for the record, my parents are fantastic grandparents, they're doing a, they're doing an amazing job as grandparents um as parents then you know they did the best they could i'll leave it at that um i didn't turn out too bad so the the the, the issue there was that um that lack of emotional um investment at that age when i was younger um left me as being what would be perceived as needy to other people to uh like want to be included and want to be uh have big friend circles and stuff and i grew up watching telly and watching all these groups of friends like the tv series friends and all the nickelodeon groups where you'd have like five or six people and i was never that i was always the outsider i sort of floated from group to group but i never really made that big group dynamic so i was never popular but i was also never not popular it was always this floating thing and and this need to sort of validate maybe maybe that's the word validate the fact that i'm a likable person um it wasn't until i hit my 
uh how old am i now yeah uh, late 20s um <laughs> mid 20, 20 and 21 right? i'm getting I'm, get, I'm getting younger each week i'm liking this so I, said, <laughs> I think i said late 30s last week um, <laughs> so yeah but it wasn't until i hit a, a sensible age past schooling level did i start realizing that actually i was investing my energies in something that actually was doing me more harm the the the, the search for validation the search to be liked when I was carrying this huge void within myself of not liking myself, but not really being able to pinpoint why and it impacted me in many, many ways growing up and it impacted a lot of relationships, um, both friendships and partner relationships. I did a lot of things that looking back, you know, you can't change it. They, they part of who you are, but like, you know, I would like to go back and change it. But then if I did, you know, cause and effect, um, I wouldn't have this lesson to talk about at the end of the day. Um, so it's interesting because, um, if anyone gave me attention, then therefore I would invest my all in them. But then when they were just giving me attention and nothing else, they weren't validating it. They were just literally breadcrumbing me along. I would be giving my all and everything to this person, regardless of what relationship was. And actually I was being taken advantage of because that person knew that if they just dropped me a text every week or, you know, what, you know, it did not necessarily include me in social events or anything, but just sort of kept me on the, on the edge, they would still get the, the full suite of what I could offer with my IT skills, with the fact that I was the only one who could drive, uh, in early teens, you know, the fact that, you know, that looking back, I can see how so many people exploited my need to be liked. Um, now I have established a lot of healthy, mature adult relationships with a lot of people. And I actually like myself, which has taken a long journey, probably twice the amount of time that it should have taken where the first 20 years of my life, I was dealing with that. And then the back five years, <laughs> the back 20 years that we've been working on, um, you know, it has been different. I've, I've spoken to counselors. I've grown with my friendships. I've grown with, you know, um, events that have happened in my life at an older age have actually gone, uh, actually, you know, if I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to cope with this because I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have had the life skills. Um, and yeah, this, this need to be liked. I mean, humans are supposed to be sort of like pack animal herds that travel around very much naturally. Um, but actually to operate individually, some of the best advice I've heard recently actually was a lady, I can't remember who it was who told me, um, who turned around and said, um, if you're in your early 20s, find yourself a place on your own don't move in with friends don't move in with your partners actually get a place of your own and li live a year on your own and it was absolutely something that i wish that i had actually done before being homeless when i was younger um because being homeless was kind of my wake-up call there because what it does is it teaches you to look after yourself, care for yourself, like actually manage your bills and understand things, but also teaches you that you don't need someone else to be you as well, which I really liked that message because I always felt growing up that I needed other people to actually be who I was. And that actually wasn't really the case. Um, I'm actually an all right dude i don't actually need to be liked to be me but when i was younger i certainly understand i certainly understand that void and that pull that would 
make you feel like you you were incomplete that that you needed to be in a social dynamic and it's dangerous especially when you're young because you can i was lucky because i had certain people looking out for me but it is dangerous because that's how people get into prostitution that is how people get into drugs that is how people get into x y and z because this lack of emotional maturity that and it's different from maturity because i was very mature for my age but emotionally I was a mess that that is so exploitable by other people who can see it and recognize it as some way of controlling an outcome. Um, so yeah, it is, it's an interesting topic. Um, very passionate about this topic. Surprisingly. So didn't even know I was this passionate about it, but there we go. (laughs) And, and I guess my main point about the need to be liked is I guess I was, I would just, Say ditto to everything you said. That'll make my life and everybody else's life easier. <laughs> but the yeah. reality is, is that when you change your need to be liked to a want to be liked, but not a need, uh, is mm. when you reach that level of emotional maturity that you can mm. say, well, I just don't care if you don't like me. I know who I want to be. And if you don't want to be that person or with that person or who that person is, then no worries. Go about your business. Over there, I'm going to be over here doing all of those things. And I think that's when you find those really good friends too. I think some people are very lucky. Uh, Well, sorry. They're very lucky because they find these like-minded people really early on and their needs and wants are very simple. And they sort of go through life with those people and they they don't have to try. And, And it's very good. Um, that that happens. Uh, for me, unfortunately, it was a long journey of self-enlightenment and realizing that I am worth something, and, rah, rah, rah. and it's a very, very long story. It is a very long story. But the reality is is that if you can change your need to be liked or want to be liked uh, and not a necessity, then you'll find much more happiness with everybody else because you'll be able to say to somebody, Instead of saying, oh, I'll try to make you feel good, you can say, well, I'm going to do this. And if you like it, let's go. And if you don't, see you later. <laughs> what I find <laughs> interesting is, is the natural progression of that is when you stop being there for other people because of this want to be validated or liked or whatever, it goes quiet and then suddenly they realize you're no longer there and then they think there's a problem. And I always find that interesting that when you start to, so one of my main mantras in life is people don't tell you how they want to be treated. They show you, they show you through action. So if someone treats you badly and you keep going back there, that's on you because you haven't realized that actually you're the one creating this codependent relationship where they're getting away with saying things or treating you in a particular way that you don't like. And if they're not willing to address that, and you suddenly go away, that's on them going, oh, where's so-and-so? And the amount of people I've had in my life where I've just stopped, I've stopped being the nice person, stopped being, like, I'm not horrible, I've just stopped being the person who's willing to do the graphic design for them or willing to do their, you know, X, Y, and Z for them, whatever projects that I was doing for free to help them out and whatever, and I've just disappeared. It can be like, eight weeks, maybe 10 weeks before they realize that I've, I'm not serving them anymore. 
And then that's when the interesting conversation comes out of, look, you know, I don't mind doing these things for free, but friendships don't work on a, you tell me what you need me to do. I do it all the time. You know, we can actually play computer games together. We can actually, you know, hang out, maybe go for a coffee, you know, all these things. So, you know, for me, it's interesting when you, when you, when you stop being the person that needs to be liked suddenly you become a little bit more popular <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit of a weird thing to adjust to as well there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast with great content but the audio is not the quality you're looking for ah that's better that's where we come in at marshallpromusic.com we specialize in taking your podcast to the next level whether it's editing mixing intros and outros adding personal ads or voiceovers for your podcast we take care of it all here at marshallpromusic.com your one-stop shop for all things podcast marshallpromusic.com um yeah so there you go ah so a short topic and a very long topic stuck together to make something uh means that we're kind of running out of time so i think we should do a light-hearted one okay. from you general to finish off the day and uh okay. and we can nice light-hearted one what was your best birthday oh i know this one um and actually up until recently it was a very long it was my 21st birthday party i had to organize it myself uh mostly <laughs> uh huh. But but I had uh, I had a Mexican mariachi band there. I had tequila. Bur- oh. uh, I had burritos. It was a Mexican fiesta on on like a rooftop apartment with an open balcony under the stars and Mexican people playing music and just I just had a really good time. I got very very drunk. But actually, my recent birthday this year. I would now class as my best birthday ever, uh, which was actually um, me and my wife and the kids got on uh, a boat. Uh, we hired a boat for for the day. It was only a small 18-foot boat. And we went for a drive around in the Woiwoi Lakes and tried to catch fish and we got fish and chips from a shop and hung out together and we I got good presents and... It was just a very, very lovely day, and everybody enjoyed it, and we all had a very good time. That was my favorite birthday ever so far. Okay. So, What was yours? Well, I don't really ever remember having one as a child. Um, and uh, before everyone goes boo, whatever, you know, th- there is a, a thing with the, the conversation I had about the disassociation just now that, you know, um, that's part and parcel of, of that. I wrote... I vaguely remember having leisure center, potentially a leisure center hall um, with some soft play and some cakes and stuff, whether it was my birthday or not, I don't remember. And I know that my mum gave away one year, my, all of my presents to the local family housing clinic because she got the carrier bags mixed up between what she was giving to the charity <laughs> and what was with, with my birthday presents. Best um, birthday and actually, Every year I look at that and it makes me laugh. So that's a birthday that doesn't stop giving because someone benefited from that who needed it. So I've never looked negatively at it. Yes, I didn't have Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter that year, but, you know, it's fine. My cousin had Sonic the Hedgehog. It's all good. Um, 
but I think my best birthday, actually, and weirdly enough, very similar theme to your twenty-first one, was my birthday just gone. Um, it was uh, a small get together at the back of my house with a tiki bar, and it was a Mexican theme of the like Mexican Day of the Dead themed uh, thing. We had a face painter pa- painting all the there. Was, there was no young children. There was uh, my teenagers and all adults, and it was all cocktails and face painting, and had a projector playing um, the Book of Eli and uh, Coco. Uh, on on the old uh, fence and everything and it was just uh, my neighbors came over it was just a lovely um surrounded by family experience um which i really really enjoyed um yeah so that that for me was uh that was my favorite birthday that i remember so, it's yeah. more important that i think the reason why these recent birthdays probably for both of us were very very good was because we were finally content with mm. the people who we were with the things that were happening mm-hmm. and the fact that we weren't forced to be there. It wasn't something, oh, I have to do my birthday. It was something that we wanted to do and it was mm-hmm. a lovely day. And and I just, I remember it very fondly and I want to do it again. Unfortunately, I had my 40th uh, the year before and it there was a lot wrong with it. There was a lot of people there that potentially weren't there for me. And there was a lot of people. Dynamic was wrong. Yeah, that it was more of like a, a everybody was forced to be there, and there was no there was no real love there. And mm. it, and although my loved ones were there, there were so many that were there that were again. It was it was it was a troubling birthday, but the the latest one was was the best, and it was very very good. And so it's good. So there you go. It's a bit of an interesting podcast today. I wouldn't say mm. uh, light-hearted. Definitely, um, we've, we've upset nearly everybody uh, throughout. Nearly everybody today. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> so I don't know if we need to chuck in uh, something else at the end just to to really get the full circle of hatred against us. But uh, again, uh, I think the main point we tried to push across in this podcast was that if you do show acceptance of something that we have said, have a discussion about it. Please. Uh, that's what we try to inspire in people. Now, always willing to learn. Always willing to learn. Uh, thank you very much to our sponsor. And uh, you guys yes. have yourself a lovely week. I will see you again on the flip side. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah.